the health of our uh, gut microbes is very important to health. More and more studies are showing that the imbalance of the good and bad bacteria in the gut is contributing to uh, physical illness. We have now found out that neuromuscular diseases most likely start in the gut. One of those diseases is Parkinson's. Parkinson's has been isolated in the nervous system of the gut or the gut lining and it's found that many uh, Parkinson's patients will begin with uh, constipation or um, gastrointestinal complaints first. As many as 80% of Parkinson's patients start out with constipation. My husband's nephew is a uh, PhD neuroscientist who is studying Parkinson's. He said that they have isolated Parkinson's in the gut, and when they cut the vagus nerve, that Parkinson's does not go to the brain. If you remember, there is a gut-brain connection, and the gut is connected to the brain through the vagus nerve. So we see here that by cutting the vagus nerve, Parkinson's, which was found in the gut, did not, was not able to travel and manifest itself in the brain. So there definitely is reason for us to be concerned about our gut and taking care of our gut because now we know that there is a gut-brain connection. They're also really um, saying that we really have a third, uh, third brain. Um, they're, they're saying it's the heart. So basically your brain and your gut has its own nervous system. And we're also saying that now there's also a nervous system around your heart. You know, there's an autonomic nervous system around the heart area. But let's look a little bit further on what we can do um, to uh, make our gut healthy. Um, let me back up for one more little point about Parkinson's. They found that in Parkinson's that there was a disruption in the gut microbiome. That patients with Parkinson's actually had fewer number of pre-Botella bacteria. Pre-Botella bacteria actually flourish in people who eat a plant-based diet. People who eat more meat, drink milk, and eat more dairy actually have less of this bacteria. Studies are showing that the Mediterranean diet is the most heart-healthy and brain-healthy diet. The Mediterranean diet is composed of... Um, is broken down into five vegetables, one to two legumes or beans per day. Uh, the diet also includes three uh, fruits, three to five grains, and five plant fats. These plant fats include olive oil, avocado, nuts, and seeds. The Mediterranean diet is also higher in seafood, and they eat two to four servings of seafood per week. They only eat red meat about once a week. The Mediterranean diet is high in monounsaturated fatty acids, mostly in the form of olive oil. The country of Sicily, the fat content of their diet is about 20%, whereas in Greece it's 35%. Most of this fat coming from plant-based uh, fats, olive oil being the most prevalent. The Mediterranean diet has been shown through studies to reduce chronic illnesses such as metabolic syndrome, coronary artery disease, cancer, cognitive uh, impairment, 
and depression. The Mediterranean diet is really low in meat and high in fish. The Mediterranean diet is also shown to be beneficial for the brain as far as the the nerves and the neurons. The Mediterranean diet, the reason it's so effective, is a low inflammatory diet. And the key to reducing um, disease is to reduce inflammation in the body. The Mediterranean diet is also high in polyphenols, which come from plant-based diet. Um, Again, olive oil being one of the um, common fats that's in it, but also a little bit of red wine. We know that there's other foods that can reduce inflammation and are high in antioxidants and polyphenols, which include red grapes, olives. Many of your fruits and vegetables are, are also rich in polyphenols. And guess what? This excites me more than anything, that coffee, chocolate, and some nuts are also high in polyphenols. Coffee and chocolate are one of my favorites. So the Mediterranean diet is high in complex carbs that, again, are just basically high in plant. It's a plant-based diet. And we know that this plant-based diet, being high in complex carbs and high in polyphenols, actually exerts great benefit on the gut bacteria. We know that I mean, what our goal is here is to live an optimal health. And optimal health can be described as being healthy in mind, body, and spirit. Or we can say being healthy physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. It's having the vitality to meet the needs of the day, to perform well, and to do um, do excellent in whatever we're setting out to do. It's really being you know, healthy in, in mind and body and spirit. We know now that a high-fat diet, along with chronic stress, increases inflammation and it disrupts the gut bacteria. They're calling this disruption uh, metabolic toxemia. Increased stress and increased, uh, increased stress actually increases the leakiness of the gut. Basically, when we are stressed and, and we're eating a high-fat diet or a high-sugar diet, it actually causes inflammation along the uh, lining of the gut. And when it becomes inflamed, then it becomes um, leaky or uh, allows things to get into our system that, no, that shouldn't get there. And when those uh, inappropriate bacteria get into the gut, then it stimulates uh, inflammation along our, our cells. And so it can do it around the heart. It can do it around the liver. You know, it can affect our system. You know, autoimmune disease most likely starts in the gut. We know that um, when we, that the stress and the uh, increased gut uh, leakiness also activates the gut's immune system, which increases inflammation. We also know that when you're stressed and we start to reach for these comfort foods, that that can also disrupt the the response to the brain to these things. It kind of decreases our sensitivity to hormones that actually suppress our appetite. So we become where we want to eat more and more. So it kind of changes the things in the brain that it becomes more normal for us to reach for the, the unhealthier foods. When we're under stress, it increases norepinephrine. 
and norepinephrine actually alters the gut microbes uh, in a negative way. It actually makes them more aggressive and more dangerous. Norepinephrine is what raises your heart rate and increases your blood pressure when you get stressed or you get scared. But it seems that this norepinephrine stimulates the growth of bacterial pathogens that can cause gut infections, stomach ulcer, and even uh, sepsis. So what, can, you know, what factors affect uh, all of this? Of course, we know genes play a factor. Um, and the way that we, uh, how our genes change uh, over the course of our life. You know, uh, our, our genes and the gut bacteria actually change through life experiences, whether good or bad. And factors that um, can change the gut bacteria is how our immune system responds. You know, what are our eating habits? What is our lifestyle? What is the environment that we're living in? Is it safe or do we feel um, unsafe? Is it an unsafe environment? Are we chronically stressed? All of this plays a part in how our gut reacts. Um, Our gut reactions will reflect um, what's going on in our life, but more importantly, um, our gut reactions also reflect what's going on in our mind. So we know that there are dietary um, changes, uh, immune function, and even medications particularly antibiotics that can shift the gut flora. So let me just take a little time and talk to you about antibiotics. Antibiotics are great, but antibiotics have been overused and they do disrupt the gut bacteria. Not only that, they also create free radicals, which can damage other cells. We know that free radicals uh, are responsible for uh, starting many cancers. So we need to use antibiotics sparingly, uh, and we need to use other medications, even though over-counter, because all these can affect the lining of gut, including anti-inflammatories like NSAIDs or ibuprofen. Studies are now linking even um, other chronic illnesses to gut inflammation, such as obesity, irritable bowel syndrome, autoimmune disorders. All of these are being linked to this um, decrease in gut microbial diversity. So what can we do? Well, we can start to uh, learn about a low inflammatory diet that we can begin to study about Uh, the Mediterranean diet and how we can make some changes, reducing animal fat in our diet, trying to pick um, meats and fish that are organically or uh, without chemicals or other antibiotics. But we can begin to also research about prebiotic and probiotic foods. Prebiotic foods are fermented foods, and some of those would include kimchi, sauerkraut, um, kombucha, miso, kefir, yogurt, and cheeses. We need to be making good, healthy choices um, to eat um, less food, smaller portions, and to really be going towards more a plant-based diet and reducing as much animal fat as we can. Another important thing that um, they have found is that fasting is also beneficial for us. That if we fast, that we kind of starve our gut microbes. And by doing that, Um, We have learned from studies that when we fast, uh, your T cells and B cells, which are part of your immune system that help us fight infection, leave the tissues and go into the bone marrow where they become supercharged, which means they become more effective in fighting illness. 
you may remember from the last podcast that I told you that scientists had, um, they confirmed this through um, studies with mice. They had mice that were um, fasting and mice that were well fed. The mice that had been fasting when they were given a virus, they recovered in two days. And those who had been well fed actually were sick for about two weeks. So fasting is a powerful thing that can recharge our immune system, but it also can reset this appetite control. It seems that when we have less fat uh, in the GI tract, that it enables the vagus nerve to become more sensitive to appetite-reducing hormones such as cholecystokinin or leptin. And so it kind of resets this, this uh, it resets the hypothalamus that we actually desire to eat less. A lot of what I'm talking about today, you can read about in the book called The Gut, uh, The Mind-Gut Connection. Um, it was written by Dr. Meyer. Uh, in that book, a lot of this is, is addressed, and this is where you find a lot of the information that I'm talking about today. But one of the things that I found very interesting is that he talked about um, how important it is for us to deal with our emotions. He said in his book that if you don't deal with your emotions, you can be, or you deal with stress, that you may be eating all the right things and doing all the right things, but that you would still um, be sick. He said that, Dr. Meyer said in his book, that negative emotions cause the gut to get out of balance. It causes our gut to be leakier and it activates the gut's immune system, which triggers the endocrine cells on the gut wall releasing the stress hormone norepinephrine and serotonin. These reduce these uh, hormones, stress hormones, reduce the good bacteria, particularly lactobacillus, and I'm sure I'm going to butcher this, but it's um, bifidobacteria in the gut. And so these negative feelings, you know, such as stress, anger, sadness. Uh, and anxiety, they actually are not good for the gut and ultimately will affect our brain. If you're always thinking negative or you're always anxious, this negative mindset actually influences the gut bacteria in a bad way. And this goes back to the very heart of healthy mind, healthy body. It is important what we are meditating on and what we are thinking on. If we are not having positive faith-based, and I believe faith-based thoughts that, you know, as a Christian, the Word of God is powerful. And, and, and meditation was always God's idea. He said, if you meditate on my Word, that it will be health to your flesh. That's in Proverbs. Look it up. It's also in Proverbs 3. It talks about that if you will incline to his, his teaching, um, that it will bring life to the body. And one place in, in um Proverbs 3, it said that it would bring health to your nerves and your sinews. So please look that up, read about that, but guess where all the nerves are? There's nerves all over your body, but the highest neurons are in your brain and in your gut. And so when we're thinking the right things, when we think life-giving thought, when we think kingdom thoughts, that those thoughts penetrate uh, into our heart. Remember it says that as a man thinks, so he is in his heart. We also know that out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when we think life-giving thoughts, it brings life to our body, health to our body. And this is what medical science is saying. Uh, In 
this book, The Mind Gut Connection by Dr. Meyer. Uh, he also mentioned that brain imaging studies have shown that meditation has a po- positive effect on the brain, that it act- actually helps attention and it helps us make better decisions. So meditation is powerful. If you're meditating on evil all the time, you're going to have fear in your life, you're going to have stress in your life, and it's going to affect your body physically. So lastly, I just want to you know re- reinforce that the Mediterranean diet is the most heart healthy and brain healthy. So when we're taking care of our gut, we're actually saving our brain and our heart. Guess what? Heart disease and uh, brain disorders like Alzheimer's are on the rise. Why is that? Why, with all the medical uh, information and studies we have, why are those, why is disease actually uh, rising? I think part of it is that the healthcare system is about disease management, but we need to be about disease prevention, and that is what this is about. If we want to be disease-free, we got to be intentional about what we're thinking and what we're meditating on. Um, we have to be intentional about what we're putting in our body. We have to be intentional about getting back to some spiritual principles that were outlined in the body. And again, I won't go through all that. That was on my last podcast. But let me leave you with this. You know, when you reduce sugar, we I didn't talk much about sugar, but there's not much sugar in the Mediterranean diet. But when you reduce sugar, you're also helping your body, your heart and brain. It seems that sugar does break down into gut into amyloid proteins, and we know that amyloid proteins are what is found in Alzheimer's disease in the brain. So when you begin to do a low inflammatory diet, you are um, helping your body uh, to maintain healthy. There's also some important supplements that I would like to discuss right now that are good for your brain, and then we'll close. Uh, fish oil or krill oil is very important. We know that fish oil um, is a good anti-inflammatory for the body. We also know in studies that it actually reduces depression. Vitamin D is other another important um, supplement that I really recommend that you take. Um, almost everyone that I check in my office is low in vitamin D. Um, vitamin D is important in the lining of the gut, but is also important um, in supporting your immune system. And we are, we've learned that 70% of your immune system is actually in the gut. Low vitamin D has been associated with depression, uh, chronic pain, uh, excessive sweating, bone loss, all that kind of stuff. So I encourage you uh, to start taking some vitamin D, either 2,000 to 5,000 a day. Turmeric or curcumin is also very important. It reduces inflammation. It actually works in the gut to maybe even healing things like it decreases inflammation in the gut, which we know is beneficial uh, to treating things like cancer, uh, treating uh, inflammatory bowel disease. B-complex vitamins is another. Your, your body needs a B-complex vitamin, particularly in the gut, to help you uh, make neurotransmitters and to support your brain. So those are some things you to do. I hope this has been helpful for you today. Um, we're going to continue our discussion on uh, living a healthy life. And I hope today will be that you've been blessed. Um, and if you want to contact me, uh, you can contact me through my blog, which is healthy-mind-healthy-body.com. Thank you.